Hey, syrup spillers. We have personal trainer that focuses on muscle growth, Matt Hopkins calling in from London, UK. This episode is going to be an episode for beginners and people out of the loop to get to know how to get into that mindset and not be afraid to work on themselves and gaining muscle no matter what is their starting body type. We're also going to cover misconceptions about muscle growth and tips and tricks on how to gain it in a healthy way. Matt, thanks so much for being on Spilling the Syrup today. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. And yeah, shall we get into it then? If you wanted to give a little bit of an introduction to our listeners about your story, who you are. Okay, yeah, definitely. So my name is Matthew Hopkins. As you know, I'm a personal trainer. What really led me into gaining muscle and everything was I was bullied for a while in school because of my height. I was very short. People used to call me midget and stuff like that. And I really just wanted to just break free from that and just kind of prove people wrong and prove that, you know, I can really do what I was set out to do and really just conquer anything in my path. I have autism and I suffered with that for, you know, I still suffer with it now, but it really helped me channel my aggression and my confusion into something that was positive and that really made me feel confident and just really, really positive, to be honest. That's really inspiring. Thank you for sharing that. A positive outlet indeed. And I think a lot of people will relate to that and how to channel all those emotions and feelings inside and how to get them out in a cathartic kind of way. Honestly, I'm really sorry that you had to go through that. I don't think anyone deserves to go through that. But I'm glad that it's made you stronger. And I think from a mental perspective, but also from a physical perspective. Yeah. And I want to dive into that because I think even for myself, I think primarily I look at muscle building as I would like to look like that because I think it looks aesthetically pleasing. I feel like that's what we're sort of taught to as guys in the media as well. And there's nothing wrong if you want to look like that. Yeah. I want to look beyond that a little bit and look at some of the other things like being healthier or maybe even being more confident. And I even think being stronger, is it fair to say like self-defense? Thing is with muscle, it does intimidate people in a way to be like, okay, if you look at that guy and he's big, you're not really going to pick a fight with him, are you? Right. That's not to say that because there is people who just do fighting for a living. I don't know whether that's boxing or MMA or karate or something that could, if they wanted to, you know, knock me out, which they probably could. But here's the thing with muscle growth, it can add to power. It can really help with power, but it's not really a thing where if you're big and muscly, you're not going to be able to go into a boxing ring and knock out Mike Tyson or Floyd Mayweather. It's not really like like that. Yeah. That makes sense. With that, then I want to talk about the misconceptions about muscle growth, and if you could give our listeners some tips and tricks on how to gain it healthy. Okay, so here's the thing. Whenever I walk into a gym or workout facility, I see a lot of people just lifting the weight up and just dropping it, just really fast reps. I used to think that for a long time because when you do do that, you do get a pump and it feels like it's expanding, which is good. That's called mechanical tension or no, it's called metabolic stress. Sorry, mechanical tension is way more important because when you drop the weight down, which is called eccentric contraction, 
when you drop it down, you're actually tearing more muscle fibers. And what that does is the more muscle fibers that are torn, you will eat protein and rest, and then that will recuperate. And over time, the muscle fibers will regenerate themselves, make them better. And then a bit of muscle is added onto that. So that's how muscle actually expands and grows the way it does. It's a slow process, but if you are consistent and you get your meals in, you train, you sleep correctly, you will get results. And I can guarantee you that. Yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned proper technique because I know nothing about that personally, but I think that would be huge. And thank you for mentioning the science behind it because I think I remember in high school in like health class, that's what they would say. You just talked about this, like the tearing and the rebuilding of the muscle. Yeah. How much of that relies on what you eat? Because you also mentioned protein. And I remember also this in university, going out and buying protein and trying it for a few weeks. But does that do anything if you're not actually doing something with the muscle itself? Well, so you're not working out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, you have to really... thing is, with nutrition, it really is the main thing. It's the main thing. However, you have to stay consistent and just keep building muscle and just keep chipping away at it. But don't overtrain as well. For a beginner, I'd really suggest going to the gym for really just three days a week. Any more than that is just unnecessary and it's considered to be junk volume. So the only thing you're going to do is tear your muscle fibers too much. So you're really going to do more harm than good at that point. So you really don't want to overtrain or do anything like that. Right, absolutely. So I want to talk about this because from the perspective of someone going to the gym for the first time, they might be overweight, they might not be confident with their body, and they're going in there and then they're seeing other people that they're comparing themselves to. And just how do you get over that fear? It really is hard because I also felt that way for a long time. I just remember going into the gym for the first time and just thinking, oh, these guys are massive. Like, it is intimidating. But to be honest, the reality is, I'm just going to say this right now, everyone else isn't really focused on you. They're just focused on getting their own stuff done. Like, they're focused on lifting the weight, maybe losing weight, gaining muscle, toning down a bit, getting in shape. Everyone has their own goals. And to be honest, they're not even focused on you. That's the thing. Loads of people just think that they're focused on them and everything like that, but it's really not the case. You know, usually it's not the case, to be honest. Yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it. It just takes that pressure off yourself. How long did it take for you to see results from the first time that you started your journey till now? Great question. So here's the thing. This is one of my biggest regrets. I didn't take nutrition seriously enough. And also another thing is I was overtraining. I trained for about six days a week, five to six days a week as a beginner, which is really just not beneficial and it's just unnecessary. And also I wasn't getting the correct protein and carbohydrates in to actually facilitate my muscles. So I could have actually got them way bigger in a way shorter time span if I actually mastered those three techniques, which is sleeping properly. Because I did have a issue where I kept waking up during the night and that made me, you know, tired and also resulted in less muscle growth because protein synthesis, which is a process in which muscle gets bigger through protein, that hinders that, it stops that, it prevents it. And also another thing is I wasn't getting enough protein in. So that also was a big problem there. Also carbohydrates and fats and everything like that. I wasn't getting the correct 
nutrition in, which is something I do regret massively. I should have taken that way more seriously. I should have done more research into that, but I didn't. And then also training as well, because like I said earlier, I just kept lifting the weight up like this, doing it fast as I could. I didn't actually care about the form. I just, it's also something to do with ego as well sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Because people just want to be like, lift the biggest weights, but the, just because you lift the heaviest does not mean you're going to be the biggest. Not true. Yeah. And you seem to have identified the roadblocks and obstacles for you in achieving your goals. And I want to talk about, I think, this hopeless feeling that some people feel when they want to make a lifestyle change, particularly when it comes to fitness and health but they just can't seem to break old habits and they just think that it could never happen. And no matter what, they're not going to be able to stop eating sweets and crisps or whatever. So how do you break free of that? Here's the thing. With loads of people, they go on diets too much. It may be a bland diet. It's just bland. It's just chicken and broccoli. That's something that I didn't really want to do. So I kind of made my meals more fun and enjoyable. And I also have ways on how to do that as well to make food more fun and enjoyable and to really just actually look forward to every meal instead of just dreading it and just hating every meal. So that's one thing. Yeah. Another thing is also treat yourself as well. Like maybe at the end of the week, just have a little cheat meal. You know, you've earned it. You've done everything. It's also a big thing with discipline. You have to set goals for yourself throughout the day. Little goals, just little goals, like a little notebook. You just tick them off. Then that shows that you're actually working towards something. If you hadn't ticked something off, you know, that's fine. It's not like it's the end of the world or anything. That shows that you need to, you know, get your act together and just keep chipping away at it and make sure you're getting more ticks throughout the day. So that's something I started doing and it really, really helped me just having a little list of stuff that I needed to do. And that has really seen tremendous results. Yeah, that seems like a really good way to keep yourself accountable. I think I would try something like that. And you're right. Don't deprive yourself. What's your favorite cheat meal? I'm kind of stuck between the two. It's either pizza or burgers. I can't nail down one. What's yours? Those are great choices. Mine is probably McDonald's or donuts. Krispy Kreme. Yeah, Krispy Kreme. It's so good. What makes a good personal trainer? Someone who's accountable. Someone who, yeah, someone who holds you accountable. Someone who motivates you. Someone who inspires you. Someone who is going to be there every step of the way to really track your progress, see how you you are moving forward, and just to get you from point A to point B. Because I have seen a load of personal trainers that some of them just they lack passion, which is really yeah. really baffling to me. Like for me, if you don't like something, you shouldn't do it simple as that so that's just my opinion i'm not judging anyone but that's my opinion and the reason why i do what i do is because i just i love what i do and i'm passionate about what i do yep that's really that and i think that has really just changed my life in such a positive way it really has brought me a long long way and i still have a lot longer to go and yeah i love it i think that's really mature of you i think a lot of people would actually benefit from taking that advice you have to have passion it's a priority. It's a must. It's not a maybe or something like that. You have to have it. I have gone into gyms and there's been some personal trainers that I've seen their clients maybe a month before just by working out. I just looked at them. Then I come back like two months later. They haven't really made it. I haven't really seen any difference. Like they still seem to be the same weight, or they haven't really gained any muscle. So 
being a personal trainer is definitely about getting someone from point A to point B. I want to talk a bit about myself personally, because I was always generally pretty thin, pretty skinny. I've always been this way since into my adulthood. My body type is still the same. I find that a lot of my fat is gathered in my stomach. So what would you recommend for someone like me? I'd recommend, to be honest, usually with a lot of skinny people, they don't track how much calories they actually eat. So a lot of skinny people will actually think they're eating enough because they feel full, when in reality, you're actually not. That's the thing. Loads of people actually think they are. And I, I even did this. I didn't used to track how much stuff I was actually intaking, like carbs, fats, proteins, all of that stuff, calories. And the thing is, I just actually did the maths. I added it up and I was actually like 500 calories under what I was supposed to be intaking. So I wasn't actually putting any size on like I could have. So it's definitely a learning point there. Track what you're doing, track your progress and set higher standards for yourself as you go forward and just keep raising the bar higher, like raise it up, smash that goal, raise it up, did that goal, completed, now you do it again. You know, you just keep going up like that. You just keep pushing away at it. If you do that, you will get results. I guarantee it. Yeah. Well, that's really inspiring as well because it shows that progressing, you actually get the reward out of it you earned it and you deserved it and it's possible it is it definitely is it's all possible it's just really the biggest thing that stops most people is just misunderstanding because they just don't understand it it's really complicated because there's so many factors with gaining muscle that really come into play here there's so many things like nutrition lifting weights how to do the correct form how many sets you should do how many reps you should do how long you should sleep for, what type of protein you should have. Also with vegans as well, with something with vegans is, with them, it's kind of hard because loads of them don't actually consume complete proteins. And a complete protein is something like, for example, fish, chicken, or turkey. But the thing is, say if you eat beans, that may have a few compounds in there, like amino acids, that's what they're called. And there's around 30 of them altogether, around 30 to 40 of them. I believe. Yeah. With beans, it only has a few of them that aren't really the crucial amino acids. So it doesn't make it a complete whole protein, if that makes sense, like chicken would. So what you have to do, find other alternatives for a vegan diet if you were to do that and really use that to make the protein a full protein, if that makes sense. It really gets confusing. It really gets baffling for a lot of people. I'm glad you mentioned vegan veganism. Is it fair to say they have to try harder to achieve the same protein result? In some cases, yes, but it really just depends on your approach and how knowledgeable you are with your diet. Because loads of people that aren't knowledgeable and don't know about amino acids, which I can assume most people don't. I agree. Yeah, what that's going to do is it's going to leave imbalances and you're not going to get enough protein. And even though, say, you may have, I don't know, let's say 50 grams of beans and there's 20 grams in there, just for as an example. So there's 20 grams of protein in there. And then I have 20 grams of protein for my chicken. The chicken is always going to win every time because it's a complete protein. With the V, say if it's beans, it's not complete because it doesn't have as much valuable amino acids in there. That's kind of the problem because loads of people just don't understand that. When I speak about it, they think I'm speaking gibberish. 
It's kind of fascinating how the human body works like all these things that it needs that it doesn't get from the regular diet I think that we have. Yeah, you definitely have to do a lot more research and just find those foods to put in your diet specifically and also just make them fun as well, make them enjoyable because if you don't enjoy it, you're inevitably going to fall off your diet and that's the end of that really. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I try cooking vegan sometimes, a few times a week, and I just found that maybe I'm just a bad cook, but it just came across as bland. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So make it fun is true. Yeah, definitely. 100%. What are some tools that you would recommend for the whole lifestyle, fitness-wise, that everyone should have that wants to start getting fit that's a great question i think you have to have a vision you have to have a clear vision in your head of what you actually want to look like you have to really close your eyes and just envision just imagine you where you want to be and that's really really important because loads of people who don't do that who don't have a vision they're drifters they like they may go back into it then they stop and then they're just they're taking a break, then they go back into it. That way, maybe you may get, who knows, maybe one or two pounds of muscle, but it's not going to be sustainable because you're going to probably lose that again. And, you know, you're going to have to do it again, lose the muscle. Like, it's not, it's just not sustainable. And to be honest, it's just not, not really smart. So you really just have to have a vision, I think, because if you do have a vision, you'll be more confident. You will really want to strive towards that goal, depending on how much it means to you. I think that's really important. Have a vision, have a goal, and also set standards for yourself every day. Set little goals, like I said earlier, and you will get results. If you track and you just keep pushing away at it, getting those ticks in the boxes, you will get results. I think that's true. And I think you can't be disappointed if you didn't know what you are disappointed about because you didn't set a goal. How do you know if you've even failed by your own standards if you didn't even try? If you don't fail, you're not really trying. That's the thing. If you don't fail or you know go through hardship, you're not even trying. Because the thing is with muscle growth, it is a painfully slow process. It's a slow process. Unlike losing weight, you can lose weight in a fast way. But with gaining muscle, it takes time and it takes commitment. And it really is a lifestyle. It's not really a sport. Well, it is a sport, but it's more of a lifestyle, in my opinion. And it is probably one of the hardest sports because it requires 24-7 attention. You have to cook. You have to you know, sleep correctly. You have to train. It's a full-time, full-time thing. It really, if you really want to you know, get those results, it requires a lifestyle change. And that's what loads of people just aren't ready for. That's a massive shock to a lot of people, even to me. So depending on your goals, is it fair to say you can lose weight and then start gaining muscle? But what if your primary objective is to lose weight? Should you still gain muscle or some people just want to lose weight? Yeah, again, it really just depends on your goals. But say if you really want to gain muscle and lose weight, let's just say that as an example, there is a way to do both at the same time. However, Because you're going to have to be on less calories, muscle building process is going to be slowed down because of that, inevitably. So, or you could do it another way. You could lose the weight, then gain the muscle, or gain the muscle, then lose the weight. But the thing is, if you have the weight on and then you gain the muscle, you may get confused into thinking that added weight is fat, which it could be. 
because that's that's a whole thing and people just get demotivated and they can't see their results so they're just like oh you know what i can't do this and then they just hop off it and then they just stop what they struggle with is also tracking they just look at the scale they go by the scale what i do is i take measurements and pictures as well okay pictures are very important that you do them in the same lighting because lighting makes a huge difference muscle like say if you've seen these mr olympia shows or something like that they always have a big light coming from the bottom massive light coming from the bottom so it just makes it look way bigger yep same with the uh, tan as well loads of people use spray tan in bodybuilding competitions because it just makes the muscle look bigger it's like an illusion now that I think about it, I can exactly picture that. And those people are really ripped. Yeah, they are. <laughs> like, I don't see any fat. Yeah, literally. Thing is, they do have some fat, but their fat is minimal to none. It's really like some people, if you've seen loads and loads of veins, it's literally like 5 to 7% body fat. For me, if I had to guess, I'm not actually completely sure, to be honest, but I think I'd probably be around 10 to 12% body fat. Okay. Not that much, but it's... Not really bad either, so yeah. It's healthy. It's healthy, yeah, because the thing is, if you're actually lower than 12, it's actually not good. It really just isn't good. You're going to run into loads of problems. You're going to feel more tired. You're going to be more lazy. It also has a big effect on your hormones as well, just in your brain. That's also another thing. It really has a big effect on just work and output in general. It really just does. If I was someone, I wouldn't want to get too low but it all depends on you but i wouldn't want to get too low on the body fat percentage i'm probably a comfortable weight is probably around you know 12 percent body fat that's probably the most ideal yeah that's all great information that's huge to consider so you're a personal trainer what are your goals where can people access your services yeah, I'm really active on Facebook, so go hit me up there. I'm also active on Instagram as well. So yeah, get at me on that. I also share a lot of free content as well, loads of little workouts you could do. Maybe also some food as well. I'm definitely going to start posting that a little bit more. And just little tips and tricks and advice as well. We can drop those links for our listeners. Definitely check that out. I think it was a Channel 4 show, and I can't remember the name of it. But it was like a really underweight person and then an overweight person would switch meals for the day. Oh, yeah. Super skinny versus super fat. Is that what it's called? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I've watched that. Yeah, <laughs> I've watched that as well. Fascinating TV here. Matt, honestly, it is such a pleasure talking to you. And I think you're going to be so successful. And I wish you all the best with that. And I know that you've done great things and you have ignored the haters and you've proven to them that I can make something of myself. And now you're sitting here on my podcast. So I just think that's fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on. And also, I'd like to say something else. Of course. Being bullied isn't a nice thing. But for me, I'm kind of in a way, in a weird way, I'm actually glad it happened to me because if I didn't, if it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. I wouldn't be doing what I love. I wouldn't have actually probably gone into fitness in the first place. So I think this is such an incredible opportunity. And thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, check out my uh, Facebook and my Instagram. Thank you so much for having me on and have a good day. Thank you. And in conclusion, 
It's hard sometimes to make lifestyle changes and stick to them, but once you identify the cause that's holding you back and have the right support system around you, it's possible to make those changes and do it on a realistic schedule that's right for you. Subscribe and follow the podcast. See you next week. Goodbye.